The following episode depicts themes of violence and language that may not be suitable for some audiences. Please feel welcome to take a break from this episode at any time. There will be a recap of important information worked into the next hunt. We'll resume with our usual content in two weeks with Hunt 5 Part 1. Enjoy. We see a man, anxious as he rides the elevator down into the glade, drive clenched in a sweaty palm. Morris Beekman has news to share. A discovery made late in the night regarding a series of murders hidden by forces he has only just begun to understand. A chain of events leading to one Winslow Harris. But we don't have to wait for his reveal. We can see it all for ourselves. As time rewinds, the elevator rises, the seasons of the city playing back their rhythms to an earlier time, 20 years ago. Join us as we dive into the life and legacy of a city ranger. In the shade of the sun origins, Winslow Harris, level one. Winslow, we join you as you stand in the hallway outside of your great aunt's bedroom. What do you look like? What are you doing as you await your turn? So Winslow is still pretty lean, uh, much like we knew him. And he is wearing a uh, beat up pair of jeans with um, some sort of denim shirt loosely tucked in, uh, buttoned up fairly high. And he's got, uh, I, I would say, slightly longer hair, probably medium length hair that's kind of pushed back. So it, it sits back just slightly behind his ears. And uh, he's got a little bit of stubble on his chin still, but definitely not as thick or as peppery. Uh, and he is just gazing down at the floor, at the carpeted floor as he just flicks a lighter open and closed and open and closed over and over again. The door to your aunt's bedroom opens and you see a uh, half-elf nurse uh, man step out. Uh, He gives you a nod and he moves his lips, but all you hear is static. Uh, Sorry, could you, uh, you, you, you mind repeating that? Sorry. She, he says a little louder she's awake you can oh. speak with her now uh, all right thanks i uh I appreciate it and he steps aside and lets you into your great aunt's bedroom tell us a little bit about your great aunt what is she like she uh is is a pretty rough and tumble older lady um she uh you know, grew up and still lives on just the very edges of the city limits, right up against where the uh, the woods start to take over again. And she's uh, about as close as a farmhand as one could get out in this uh, sort of current economy and climate now. She's uh, used to having some land and uh, she's she likes to drink, she likes to smoke, she uh has a has a couple of old dogs that she always uh kept around as well and but a few of them have passed now as well and she's always she's always been rough around the edges but a very kind soul 
and uh, always try to do right by Winslow. As you enter the bedroom, you see her laying in a downy bed. This woman who raised you from a young age, she is gaunt like you've never seen. She is sallow. Her skin has a, a graying quality, and she is sitting propped up there. Um, in her arm are various tubes that are connected to a machine that is taking up most of the wall underneath the window. Her, her eyes flicker open, and she gestures her hand towards the bed. Winslow will sort of hang his head a little bit while keeping an eye on her, and he'll slowly make his way over and just very gently perch at the edge of the bed. He doesn't want to disturb her at all. She extends her hand towards you. Winslow takes it. And she squeezes your hand faintly as you rest it with hers on her blanket. And the two of you sit there for a time. After a, a few minutes of silence, Winslow shifts a little bit. Now, uh, li- listen, Auntie, I- I'll-, I'll do my best to keep an eye on things around here for you. I, uh, you don't, you don't got to worry about me. I'm a, getting to be a man now, so got to learn to take care of myself at uh, some point, right? I don't want you to have to worry about me no more. She takes a deep breath and gives a, a shaky grin. Oh, Winslow, you've been able to take care of yourself for uh, a long time now. Uh, you didn't really need me for anything <laughs> after a while. Well, I mean, it's the only time I can get a little bit of quiet on listen to you so always had your hand for that so damn loud everywhere else that's for sure i know dear i i know it's it can be difficult out there in the city in the world but you can always come back here where it's quiet okay yeah yeah i i will i don't don't worry i will she coughs <coughs> and puts her other hand to her chest. Now, Winslow, I, I want you to know about something that I've been noticing in you. I want you to be careful of it, okay? Yes, <clears throat> yes, yes ma'am. You're, you're a man now. Don't need me to tell you that. But you gotta be careful. The world can be dark out there, Okay. Stay in the light. Winslow will ever so slightly clench his jaw and then just give a a tight nod. Yes, ma'am, I I understand. (laughs) And if you find it difficult on your own, dear, I hope that someday you find someone to bring out the light in you. Well, we can hope, hope that for all of us. She relaxes back in the bed and gives you a smile and squeezes your hand. I squeeze back. You sit with her a while longer as she falls asleep and the nurse returns, letting you know that she needs time to rest. Winslow, you go through the rest of your day 
but by the morning, she is gone. Winslow just stands in the doorway of her bedroom and just stares for a long while. The machine is still there, turned off now, quiet, and the bed has been made. The same green, black, and gold patterned blanket that she'd always had draped around her shoulders is spread out flat, and as you stand there in the doorway, the house is still. And slowly, as he stands there, bit by bit, the static begins to build and build and rise up into a crescendo in his ears, into just a roar as he stands alone in the home. And after minutes, hours, it's hard to tell, he reaches into his chest pocket and he pulls out a matchbook and he stares and gathers it up in his fist. Winslow, you have stared at the numbers on this matchbook as long as you can remember. Ever since you woke up in this house after losing your whole family, did you ever end up calling that number? No. I never called because because my great aunt tried so hard to keep him safe keep him cared for that he that Winslow never wanted to betray that effort that she put in he didn't want to bring any sort of trouble around her ever after he saw what happened when trouble reaches home and now she's gone so Winslow takes that matchbook and he gathers it up in his hand and he walks over to the nightstand by his aunt's bed and he pulls out the bottom drawer, moves aside a book of crosswords and a bundled up old newspaper and he lifts up the false bottom and pulls out the 38 that he knew she hid in there. How's it feel, Winslow? Heavy. Very heavy. But the static dies down just a little. So what does Winslow do next? So the next thing that Winslow does after he follows his aunt's will and uh, has her cremated as she asked, um, he will then just go to the bar that the matchbook came from. You stand outside the cherry bomb. It is evening, and the lights of the neon sign flash, lighting up your face with the blue and red lights as you look in through the windows of this rambunctious bar. You see a, a bunch of burly folks in there wearing torn leather and tight jeans, and uh, you, 20-year-old Winslow, prepare for your next step. He walks his way across the dingy street and takes a deep breath and as he opens the door is just met with nothing but static in his ears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It seems like there is music playing. The lights are flashing above you as you enter. You see a, a pool table off to one side uh, where a, uh, you know, a, a really like thickly built human man is playing pool with an elf. And uh, you know they're they're laughing and, and shouting and slamming drinks down on the bar, but you just hear that wave of static, that crackling in your ears that drowns out everything else. What are you looking for here, Winslow? Winslow is looking for a starting point, and mm. so far the only thing he has is a few muffled voices in a memory, a flash of a face. In a matchbook. Make an investigation check. 17. 17, okay. Winslow, as you stand there in the doorway to the bar, scanning this environment, you see the back door of the bar leading to some kind of alley open, and you see a, a, a humanoid figure uh, kind of wearing a, a trench coat on with the hood popped up, kind of eye you as they push their way out the door. Winslow is just going to narrow his eyes for a moment. And then is, is it in a, like a, a front of buildings or is there like a way to go around this building? There would be a way you can see through the door, uh, on, out on the other side. It's like an alley that you could connect to going around the building. Okay. Yeah. Then Winslow's going to, just take a step back and circle around the building then. Okay. You exit and start walking around the building. What's your approach as you enter the alley? So Winslow right now knows he's grasping at straws. So he's going to be rushing to get to that alley and then promptly slowing his approach right as he gets to like breaking the turn around the corner. Okay. But he will stop right at that corner and take a look around because ideally he'd like to be able to step out and surprise whoever it is. Got it. Make a perception check. All right. It's a 12. It's a 12. Okay. You stick your head out and look down the corner of the alley towards the bar. And as you do so, you feel a hand on your shoulder. And uh, just take a, a sharp inhale of breath and freeze, but sort of coil my body in preparation to like spin away. You feel a hot breath on your neck and you smell alcohol. Hey, kid, you got murder in your eyes. What you looking for? Winslow is going to unclench his fist and lift up the matchbook and rotate around so we can see the numbers on the back. You a fan of the cherry bomb? You could say that. <laughs> Frequent the place. You could say that. And the hand lets go and kind of pushes you up against the wall. And you see a uh, man of medium height uh, with a kind of roundish face with, with scruff. And uh, he's wearing a, a hat with long gray hair, kind of greasy, hanging down over the trench coat. As he crosses his arms and squints one eye and leans in at you. Winslow just sets his jaw and just stares back. You, uh, you familiar with the kind of folk who come around here often? Or you just drown yourself and drink? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. 
Who's asking? Harris. Can't say I heard of you. No. What about a... What about a Jarrett Harris? Ring any bells? Kind of grimaces and shakes his head. No, they... Somebody important? Used to be. Well, I think all of us used to be important around here. (laughs) Uh, Look, I know that all kinds of unsavory types like to hang around joints like this. There any sort of group likes to come through the cherry bomb, base operations out of there, etc. He uncrosses his arms and raises a hand. How about we talk over a drink? He clasps a hand on your shoulder and leads you around down the alley back into the bar. And there you share the first of many drinks with this man who quickly becomes your gateway to the underworld of the city. He introduces himself as Dom, and uh, you learn from him the different activities of the underworld, some of the movements. And after a few meetings, a few getting to know yous, a few brush and shoulders, Dom is the first person to tell you about the jaw. You are sitting with Dom in a side table of the cherry bomb. It's, uh, let's say it's uh, two weeks later, uh, a few meetings since you've first met him. And he's, uh, he's got a beer in front of him that he's sipping as he kind of leans in. You heard of the jaw, kid? Jaw. Uh, well, there's something about the, them and the paper once, just like murmurings about some sort of crime group. Sound like a bunch of bullshit to me, if you ask me. Ain't no bullshit, kid. You should know better than that. Yeah, you're right. What was it you always said? Uh, if folks up top catch... A whiff of it means it's a hell of a lot worse down below. Damn right. And he kind of rolls his shoulders and eyes around the room. Jaw means business, kid. You stay away from them, okay? And you're hearing this from me. Now, say I wanted to make sure I avoided them. What would be a good table not to go to? He scratches his chin. Good table not to go to would be that one in the corner. And he kind of nods across the room, and you see in the far corner, uh, there is another table that's set into the wall, and the light above this table is off. It's just kind of shadowy. As you peer in, Winslow, make a perception check. It's going to be another 12. Another 12. Uh, It's dark in there, but you're getting good at working with people. You've always kind of had an eye for it. You see the outline of a person kind of sitting there slouched in the shadow. So this jaw, how uh, how rough are we talking? Are we talking, you know, just running contraband, dealing? Are we talking hits? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. They're not here to play. Mostly they smuggle drugs. Experimental shit. And they're mean about it. You cross them, and he... You've noticed... You've noticed, and I should have mentioned this earlier, 
uh, he tends to favor his left hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Get a hook hand the whole time. <laughs> uh, not a hook hand, but he does pull off a prosthesis on a few of his fingers on the right. Damn, that was such a good prosthesis. I had no idea this entire time. And honestly, it never came up. Oddly enough, Don. Well, you know, don't, don't make fuck it. with the chaw, man. <laughs> they make them good nowadays. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I just got to say, I think we've gone like, what, 20 minutes being very serious yeah, about the, the drama of Winslow. I think we're doing great. But yeah, this, great. this guy's definitely missing uh, three fingers on his right hand. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Noted. Yep, yep, yep. What'd you do? Made him come after you. He takes another sip of his beer and grimaces. I was one of their mules. Shipped their drugs from place to place, but uh, I got found out. Got intercepted by the police, and uh, when I got out of prison, they had their way. How long ago did all this go down? Ten years back. Ten years back, huh? Interesting. But uh, that's enough of my sob story. He puts the fingers back on his hand. Uh, got some interest in the jaw? Yeah. Ten years back. Oddly enough, uh, they came after my own. And let's just say they left a loose end. He kind of nods. I see. You sure you never heard of Jarrett Harris? No. No, I never did. They mentioned anything that night? Need to go somewhere, deal with somebody else? I know it's a long shot, but... He scratches his chin again, his left hand, because his right hand is missing some fingers. Did I mention that? <laughs> you know, I think maybe it did come up. I feel up. like I should have... Better, better late than never, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, now, just like to make sure both legs there. Yes. Did we get that out of the way? Well, okay, cool. Well, I should... No, yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he scratches his chin again. No. No, but they were... They're pretty active back then. They were, uh, they were busy. I'll say that much. They run too many things on the outskirts of town. Run things outskirts in the heart, all over the place, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Dom. Everything you've done for me, and Winslow's gonna slip uh like a hundred out of his wallet and just like slide it across the table to Dom. He raises an eyebrow. Kid, what are you doing? Ah, uh, you, uh, you hear anything else of interest, you let me know, all right? <laughs> he takes the stack of bills, pockets it, gives you a nod, leans back with his beer. Just uh, gonna enjoy a drink for the rest of the night. And then I'll shift my way around a little bit so I can sit and watch the guy in the corner. And Dom sits next to you, and there you pass the night. Are you waiting for this person to move? Yes. I see. After a few hours, Winslow, about two in the morning, this shadowy humanoid in that alcove stretches, sits forward, and starts to leave this cubby and you see as they step out they've got a 
a brimmed hat pulled down over their eyes, and they are wearing uh, a trench coat. We'll say trench coats are in fashion. It's makes sense. You know, it's it's the it's that time. Everyone's wearing trench coats. Oh yeah. And uh, as you uh, make a perception check, since you're watching them, twenty three. 23 you see underneath the sleeve of the trench coat there is a thick hair poking out like thick thick black hair almost fur like on their on their hand and arm as they put up the hat does the fur strike me at all in my flashes of memory make an insight check modded 20 Winslow as you see that fur that, that thick hair sticking out underneath the trench coat as this figure holds their hat over their face, your mind flashes back a burst of white in your mind as you remember seeing similar fur on the hands of one of the men who had come to your family's house that night. And as the mental picture just begins to form it's swept away in static and the static is just ringing in winslow's ears as he just focuses in on this person and gets ready to follow him they push their way through the bar and exit through the front door and start making their way down the streets of downtown as you follow them i'd like you to make a stealth check that's where my luck ran out Mm -hmm. very eager Winslow rolled an eight. Okay. Winslow, as you follow this figure down the street, they don't seem to have noticed your presence. Then I will keep following them um, from about, I'd say, 30 feet back, um, maybe a little further if they start to slow down, um, until we get to a sort of turn or something that's a little more secluded or quieter. Than, uh, than like the main street. Okay. As you're following them from this distance back, you hear a loud horn blare off uh, on the street as someone comes to a stop too quickly. And as you turn back, this figure is gone. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm going to uh, run towards the point where I last saw him. Okay. You run up there, make a perception check. Only an eight. Only an eight. You spin around. They are gone. Shit! Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Where the fuck could he be? Where the fuck? And I'll spin side to side, and I'll just pick the closest alley and run down it. Okay. You start sprinting down the alley. Uh, I've given up on stealth. I'm just taking okay. off running. All right. Uh, as you do so, why don't you make another perception check? Another eight. Another Not eight. good. You get to an intersection in the alley, and you're you're spinning around wildly now. The uh, city sounds around you in the distance. The uh, light of security lamps shining down periodically in any direction you look, uh, sort of reflecting off of the uh, thin puddles of water darting the alleys. Which way to go? Winslow is going to make a turn down the intersection uh, in the direction that would have run parallel to their original trajectory. So if he had turned left to get to the intersection, he would take a right as soon as he got to it. 
Okay, you keep moving down the alley, your feet splashing through the puddles down this way as you are continuing to to look around, spinning around, and you uh, come up short as you see there is a police car parked in front of a garage that is set here, um, like a, a like an auto shop. Mm-hmm. But as you as you stop, sort of surprised by you know, seeing this, um, you notice that the lights are on in the garage, and there are. Uh, there's a, a police officer inside and a, a burlier looking guy and they are standing over a, a table kind of talking to one another with some boxes out in front of them. Winslow is going to duck to the side in the alley and just watch. Okay. Make a stealth check and a perception check. Stealth is going to be a modded 20 and the perception is an 18. Okay. There we go. There's some good rules. Yeah. Winslow, you crouched there in the alley, probably behind some dumpsters where you, you got a chance to see what's going on here. And you wait as you hear footsteps coming down the alley from the other direction. And a figure in a trench coat with the hat pulled down steps right up past the police car and enters the garage and starts conversing with the two figures at the table. And you hear from where you are you were followed yes I was followed leaving the bar but I think I lost them shit alright well let's get this stuff booked alright and the officer and the uh, other figure in the trench coat start lifting up boxes and moving them towards the police car what is the uh, identification number on the side of the police car 223 Winslow makes a mental note of that and is going to watch as they load the boxes into the police car. He's going to stay hidden right now. He's not going to take his chances outnumbered and with law enforcement present. Okay. You sit there and you wait as they load up the police car, and eventually the officer gets inside, turns on the car, pulls out into the alley, headlights just passing over the dumpster where you're hiding, and... Disappears down the alley, tires crunching over the wet gravel. Leaving how many inside? You see two. Winslow is going to... This is very difficult. Because he hasn't learned enough to be super calculating. But he is still a very pragmatic person. They are closing one of the garage doors. Winslow is going to walk around to the back. Okay. Of the auto shop. Okay. If they're if it looks like they're like gating down the front mm-hmm. and really locking it up, he's gonna go around to the back. Okay. Okay. So this is the sort of alley side. You've got the, the three garage doors. They're starting to close them and, and pack up things and wrap up as you start to move across the alley. Make another stealth check. Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah. Thirteen. 13. Okay. You dart across the alley to the side of the building and and make your way to the back of this car shop. You see there is a back door here that has a metal grate over front of it. And as you kind of reach out to touch it, you feel it is locked. You do see near the roof some thin windows. Then uh, I will do my best to like scramble on top of a a dumpster or something to get up at those windows. Okay, give me an athletics check. Or acrobatics, whichever Winslow's better at. 
We'll take an acrobatics. It's only a nine. A nine. You leap up onto the dumpster and there's a loud <laughs> sound as the metal clangs. And then you leap from there up to the window. So you're able to hang on and you feel the, the window clasp and you're starting to slip. Um, I'm going to uh, just struggle in that moment to just make one last ditch effort to grab onto the clasp of the window and try and wrench it open Okay. before I fall. Okay. Why don't you make another acrobatics check and this time make a stealth check as well. 15 on acrobatics. Okay. Six on stealth. Six on stealth. That sounds about right. You are able to, you're able to force this window open, but as you roll your way in, the first one's not going to go yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Uh, you slip and fall onto a table and it crunches beneath you and you look up the room that you are in is dark there are no lights on but from the lights through the windows from outside it seems to be some sort of office uh and you have just fallen onto the desk oh fuck fuck uh uh. and i'm going to immediately run up to the door to stand behind where it would open okay okay from the other side of the door you hear what was that I'll go check it out and you hear footsteps and then a key and a a lock and then the door creaks open and you see a figure stick their head through the door to look around the room and they see the desk and they say shit and they begin to pull back right before they can pull back I pull the gun the 38 from the back of my waistband and immediately place it on the side of their head. Not so fast. Their reaction was poor. They jump and keep moving and spin around. And Winslow's going to step out and shoot them in the leg. Roll to hit. All right. Um... Are we counting this as kind of like initiative just because I do get advantage? Yeah. If they've not acted yet. Yes. Two 11s for an 18. That will hit. For 10 points of piercing damage. Oh, 12 points of piercing damage because it's a humanoid. 12 points of piercing damage. This is where it gets gruesome, man. Their, their leg explodes outward in the bullet and uh, they... They are going to fall to the ground, uh, clutching their knee as their hat falls free. And in the shadow, uh, the sort of dim light from the alley beyond, you see a uh, tabaxi man with black and gray matted fur uh, and uh, white streaks, almost like in a goatee shape around the mouth as they clutch their knee and shout out. What are you doing? Uh, Winslow is just going to go, shut the fuck up. And he's going to smack him in the side of the head with the butt of the pistol and then try and drag him back into the room. Okay. Okay. Uh, We'll have to roll for initiative now. (laughs) That's fair. That's totally fair. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. No, 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 no. Uh, He knows that there's somebody else in there, so he's just going to try and get himself a little space. Okay. Got it. That's a 17. 17. Very good. So that's your surprise round. 
the tabaxi man on the ground, clutching his knee, is going to grimace and reach underneath their trench coat and pull out a gun and shoot up at you. That is a 16 to hit. That is my armor class. Okay. That is 11 points of piercing damage. Um, that'll be reduced to nine because uh, as he's shot, you can see uh, Winslow's denim jacket blow back a little bit and there's a, a vest underneath that he seems to have uh, taken in precaution. Good thing too. Yeah, underneath. probably a, a tip from Dom on your first night. Okay. Um, that's not great. God damn, that hurts. Mo, Mo, get in here. Winslow... It's just gonna God quit oh fighting so much. I already lost her damn leg. And he's gonna try and like knock this guy's gun away and drag him into the room to then shut and lock the door behind him. Okay. Okay. So you grab this guy and you you pull him in, so make an athletics check. Twelve? That'll do it. That's okay. As you grab their other leg and pull them further into the room and then quickly shoulder check the door closed and lock it. And then I wheel about on this guy and kind of almost like fall on top of him and then put my gun right in his face. I remember you. I remember you. Why'd you kill Jarrett? There's a slam at the door, a pounding. Kay! The tabaxi with your gun almost in their mouth is going to... I don't know what you mean. Winslow's going to hit him with the butt of the gun. Okay, roll to hit. Uh, improvised weapon, so I guess it's probably a d4. That's going to be a... Uh, let's see... 24 to hit. That hits. And six points of bludgeoning They're damage. Out. You hit them with the butt of your gun and they conk out, collapse to the ground, go limp in your arms. Winslow's just going to, oh, shit, no, 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 and is going to uh, kind of put himself up against the door some to try and brace it. All right. Make an athletics check. That's only a four. Only a four. Okay. There is another slam at the door and it splinters inward. And the, as you see, the doors come off the hinges. And now it's just you holding it against whatever this is on the other side. And their athletics beat yours. So you find yourself slammed forward as the entire frame of the door falls inward. And you are stumbling now. And you, you spin around standing next to the unconscious tabaxi with their uh, leg blown off. And you see in the doorway a hulking orcish man. Uh with like red saliva running down their chin as they <sighs> who are you I'm a loose end you know Jared Harris you know the Harris family is that your turn and I'm going to then use that moment of uh, him squaring up to then bring the gun around and I'm going to just fire straight into his chest. Okay. And that is a natural 20. Oh man. Okay, let's go. Big damage. 8 plus 15, 23 plus 5. That is 28 points of damage. 28 points of damage. That is fantastic. You let this shot go and you see the chest 
of this individual just like a part of their like left side just is gone, blown backwards. They're still standing. Winslow's eyes go completely wide. Uh, what the f- As they run forward and swing their arm at you. That is a 19 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. I'm done. Five points of bludgeoning damage. I'm out. Okay. That is the last thing that you see, Winslow, as this orc just checks you and the lights go out. Nothing but static rings in my ears. And from that static, in the static where you drift, you feel something scraping along your back and you feel it stop. You feel your leg slam into the ground as your whole body's reeling. You feel rough hands shove something into your mouth and then clamp your mouth closed as you feel something pop and a wave of heat rushes over you and you hear I see how you like this. And Winslow, you wake up. You're stable with one hit point. What do I see? You are laying on your back in the grass. And looming over you is that orc from before. They've got bandages wrapped around their chest. And they've got that that glowing red saliva running down their chin and, and dripping to the ground. And they take a step back. Get up. <coughs> what the hell did you do to me? We're trying something new. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. Fuck, you're gonna try. And you throw yourselves at each other. Winslow, you're first in the order. Uh, do I have a weapon or am I barehanded? You are barehanded. Okay, um, I'm going to just rush up and just angrily take a swing at his jaw. Okay, roll to hit. Then that is going to be a nine. A nine to hit. You slam yeah. your fist into their jaw and their, their chin just moves slightly. And they, and they slam their fist into you. That is a 22 to hit. That's a hit. That is six points. A bludgeoning damage. Winslow, you are stable at one. You feel your jaw popped out of place. Oh, huh. Oh. I don't know what you did to me, but you're going to fucking pay. And I'm going to attack him again. Okay. That's a 15 to hit. A 15 will hit. All right. And is that just one point of damage then? Because it's a barehanded attack? Mm -hmm. So you deal one point of damage. Where are you punching him? Um, I'm going to punch right back for his jaw again in in retaliation. Okay. Winslow, you land this hit and you see his head turn a little bit more and he grimaces the saliva burning red down his face. And the two of you throw yourselves at each other in this frantic fist fight, this brawl here in the grass as it's padding down around you. The world beyond is a blur, Winslow, as you are under the effects of whatever this is that is keeping you up. 
you damage this orc and this orc damages you. For some reason, neither of you are falling. But we know Winslow survives. How did this fight end? So Winslow's mind is hazy. He's been knocked unconscious and he's been brought back up and he just keeps getting hit more times than he's probably ever been hit before. Uh, We know that he's not a big guy. He's a pretty lean and wiry dude. And so as he gets struck and struck, he then just becomes almost feral as he is struck. And he knows that he can't beat this guy with size. So he just begins to lean into the punches and has almost stopped hitting back. And as one of these strikes comes in, he grabs this orc's arm and twists it up around its back and gives it a solid crank to put a spiral fracture into his elbow. Make an athletics check. You do get advantage. That's a natural 20. You force your body in and under, and you wrench, and you feel a crunch and a breaking sound as you throw this orc's body over top of you and slam it down into the grass. And you stand there, panting, waiting for them to get up. Come on. Come on. I'm not dead yet. You still can't fucking kill me. Waiting for them to get up. Come on. Come on. Come on. I gotta ask you a fucking question. Come on. Winslow, you hear sirens in the distance. I kick the figure. They do not move. I kick it again. It doesn't move. And then, Winslow, the effect ends. And a wave of exhaustion comes upon you. And mid-kick, you lose your balance and you fall down into the grass. And your, your vision is going in and out. And in and out, almost, almost pulsing now with the static. No. No. And I'm going to drag myself over to the orc and I'm going to uh, dig through his pockets before I lose consciousness. On the edge of consciousness, Winslow, the static pulsing around you, you drag yourself along the ground and as you reach out, you see almost pulled through the air behind you, static, a shadow, mimicking your movements, and you reach into the orc's pockets, you pull out their wallet, and you hold it close to their chest as you watch the static after image of your arm do the same, and you roll over onto your back, and in this haze, staring up at the early morning sky, Looking through the trees and the branches above you, you would swear that one of the knots in these trees blinks, and then all is darkness. Winslow, you sleep for a week straight. It is Dom who tells you, after you finally wake up on his couch, that he was the one to pull you from the park and get you away before the police arrived and that in your comatose state he nursed you back to health in the wallet of that orc 
you find enough information to begin tracking down other members of the jaw. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that is how Winslow spends the next five years. That is exactly how he spends the next five years. He thanks Dom for his help. And uh, then we'll touch base with him occasionally, but not too often because uh, he's kind of trying to protect Dom a little bit. And he knows that Dom picks up enough information to make him a target sometimes. Mm -hmm. So he's going to try and distance himself a little bit, but still checking in now and again. Uh, But other than that, no, he uh, is going to systematically, methodically, ruthlessly work his way through the jaw. Let's approach this like we do the hiatus and just run through a few of these scenes. So do you have a spot in your mind of where one of these hunts could end? Yeah. Um, let's see. What are some typical uh, mob places? We got our warehouses, we got our laundromats, and we got our gambling halls, right? Those are like the, some let's of the do usual a, suspects. Let's do a laundromat. That's iconic. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm kind of feeling a laundromat. Is this someone that you've been tracking for a while and the laundromat is a good place? Is this a... Is this a chance encounter? Is your you're cleaning your own clothes and and you see someone and the Kill Bill sirens start? How does this go down? Oh, I like that. Um, okay, so Winslow is uh, already has been for most of his life now dealing with some pretty bad insomnia, and so he ends up doing things at odd hours of the night, and so he's like the only person in this laundromat in one of the seedy parts of town late at night and there's just that like it's just the sound of uh, a washer in a spin cycle and a flickering of like a greenish fluorescent light that needs to be changed up above as he's just standing alone in this laundromat and uh, imagining one of these people walks in to head towards the back like kind of drunk and uh, Winslow recognizes him it, just from the information that he's put together in the wall. This is probably one of the first ones since uh, that, that night. You recognize this elven man as he stumbles in drunk. He's a bit older and he has hair that has clearly been dyed black. You can see the, the gray at the roots as he kind of stumbles in and, and slams up against one of the dryers and burps and adjusts himself and stretches his arms up and and picks a chain of keys from his pocket and starts fumbling at, at one of these doors. He kind of turns and, and side-eyes you as you stand there. I just give him a slight nod and turn back to my laundry while watching him out of the corner of my eye. In that moment, as you gave the slight nod, you flash your mind back because this is one of the men who came to your house that day. He was wearing a hood, but you recognize his eyes. And Winslow crosses his arms, but it's just inside of his jacket, gripping the handle of the 38. His eyes are just wide, staring just out of sight of this guy. His gaze just picking up this guy in his peripherals as his eyes are just bugged out in front of him. He unlocks the door and kind of stumbles into it and pushes it open and enters the office. Winslow does a quick check to make sure he's not closing the door behind him. Uh, no, he he's 
kind of drunk. He's he's just sort of leaving it open as he stumbles in. Winslow is going to pull a large roll of quarters out of his jacket, and he's going to go down the line of the dryers, and one by one, he's going to turn each of them on for a uh, like a one-hour dry cycle. Okay. You start the cycles as mixing with the static slowly builds this rumbling of the dryers in the background and the flickering fluorescent light from above. And he takes a deep breath and then he just walks calmly, quietly into that back room. You see the man has slumped down into a recliner and he has a television in front of him. And to the side, you see some computers set up with cameras of the facility security. You just note, none of them are of this room. As the man reaches down into his recliner and pulls up a TV and burps again and turns on a wrestling show. And Winslow is going to very quickly and decisively walk up and pull the lever on the recliner to tip the guy back. He gives a a shout as you lean him back and he is laying there looking up at your face upside down from his perspective. And Winslow immediately just butt of the gun into the guy's forehead. And he is out. And when he wakes up, he is uh, tied to some sort of desk chair or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, the desk chair that was in front of those security cameras. He's tied up there, uh, arms at his side. He's kind of lolling his head down as he picks it up. His eyes are crossed as he looks across the room through the shadows of the flickering TV towards you. Let me uh, get my facts straight here, just so I can double check with the few things. Names, uh... Donald, right? Who the hell are you? What's going on? Your name's Donald, right? Not gonna tell you fucking anything, man. Not, not a thing. <sighs> he starts to squirm against the ropes. No, 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 no. Winslow will just take the thirty-eight out and just put it on the guy's chest. He stops squirming. I asked you a question. Your name's Donald, right? He nods. All right. Good. Well, then I think it's only fair that I introduce myself as well. My name's Winslow, but you probably wouldn't recognize that. Uh, Harris? Does that ring a bell at all? His eyes go wide. It does ring a bell. All right. So you know my old man. Me and my old lady. Jarrett. Winona, does ring a bell to you? He starts to try to scooch the chair. Mm-hmm. And I just press the barrel of the gun into his chest. No, 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 no. Stop squirming. Why were you there that night? He looks up at you. If you're going to do it, just do it. I've lived with my regrets. You want me to just... No, see, I had a question. Answer my question. Do something good for once in your life. Come on. Why were you there? He is going to bring the arm that he secretly freed by ruling higher than your passive perception 
up and around and try to grab the gun. I'm going to just quickly pull it back out of the way. Okay. He, well, make a, make a sleight of hand. Oh no, that's a five. He rolled a 12. Yeah. He's going to, to grab the gun from you and take it. Uh, and he, well, he, it's not as easy as that, right? He, he grabs the gun and is like holding it onto your hand. He's going to try and shove it off to one side. Okay. Winslow's going to pull a knife off his leg and shove it into the guy's arm. Okay. Uh, roll to hit. We'll just do a loose initiative here to see how this plays out. That's going to be, oh, he's restrained. He is restrained. You have advantage. 23. That hits. You slash his arm, and uh, he lets go of the gun, and his his arm sort of falls to his side as he jolts forward, and the chair tips and falls onto the ground. And then Winslow is going to go, Donald, 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 you were there that night. You remembered the name, and yet you won't tell me the information. You make a grab at my gun. And then Winslow's going to put a boot on the side of his head. I'll tell you I'll tell you anything you want names I got them that's right actually I do got some names so I do suggest that you start telling me where they are and I'll take some of the names that I have learned uh, from the information out of that wallet and try and get some specific information on them and he tells you held at gunpoint bleeding on the floor of the laundromat the television screen behind you. He gives you everything you ask. And I think that's that's the scene. Let's just check in with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey folks listening, I know this is uh this is a bit intense. Um we're gonna put a disclaimer at the start of this episode for sure, but um just, yeah. just letting you know, um when Max and I were talking about diving into Winslow's story a bit we we kind of knew this was a a darker part of his life that we wanted to try and address and um we we recognize that that can be a lot for people so if you need to stop we understand the next episode will be in two weeks and it'll uh be a, a bit bit lighter right um if you just need to take a break but want to continue you're welcome to do so at any time um but otherwise, I, I think, Max, I think we need to see this story through. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So let's skip forward a bit. We know what Winslow's trying to do, and we know his methods of doing so. A few years later, Winslow, we join you during the day. It is morning, and you are sitting at a coffee shop. Uh, what, what neighborhood are you in when you meet with Dom usually? Um, honestly, uh, not too far out from Frankie Felice's. It's probably uh, an area kind of like that. But okay. the uh, coffee shop uh, is probably on the border of like where it starts to get a little nicer. Okay. Uh, in this particular coffee shop, uh, its logo is a square with a cup of coffee, but it's purple and there's an ice cube in it. What is it called? Joe Cool. You are at Joe Cool with your own cup of coffee as the door jingles and you see Dom shuffle in. 
he is even worse for the wear the last few years. His trench coat is tattered and messy. His long hair is uh, unkempt, uh, parts of it sort of dragging down over his face as he slides in to the booth across from you. Morning. Morning, Dom. How you holding up? <sighs> I'll live today. And he raises a hand to flag over a waitress. And uh, Winslow will give a nod to the waitress as well, indicating he wants another cup. She comes over and pours some coffee for Dom, and he nods his thanks. And uh, once Winslow gets uh, some more coffee, he uh, will then reach into uh, his jacket, and he's going to pull out a flask. And he's going to loosen the top up and just pour some, a hefty amount, into the coffee. Dom raises his eyebrows. That bad, huh? Need a little extra with your boost. What? Oh, no, Dom, this is decaf. Anyways, uh, got a quick question for you. Yeah. Uh, listen, working my way up the chain here. Looks like I'm uh, about done. You seeing much in the way of jaw activity lately? Dom takes a long drink of coffee. He takes his black, just for the record. Sits it down. Well, Winslow, thought I taught you better than that. You know a calm before a storm when you see one, right? Yeah, I suppose that's true. I mean, you know, just because I knock out some of the middle management doesn't mean they're not replaced. But, I mean, what are you going to do? There's always going to be that sort of underbelly, right? Can't just make it all go up and smoke. But, and I ain't out here trying to do some vigilante justice shit. It's a waste of time. Dom nods. What if you could, Winslow? Could what? Make it go up in a puff of smoke. Does Zilla go with it? You do it at the right time. All of them go with it. All those left at least. Well, wasn't necessarily the plan, but I can't say is that ain't an attractive offer. What you got in mind? Takes another sip of coffee and leans in. That drug they put you on a few years back? Yep. They're calling it Breaker. Breaker. I heard the uh, heard the term getting thrown around sometimes. They're marketing, Winslow. That means they're almost ready. And if they're almost ready, that means they got it stored somewhere. And your old pal Dom found out where. A wicked smile pulls at the corners of Winslow's lips. Is that so? There's a warehouse on the north side of the city by the coast, near the lighthouse. You get there before they ship it out this weekend, you'll catch them all. You understand? Oh, I understand. I understand. Listen, Dom, I uh, appreciate your help. I know you don't work for free, but I still appreciate you putting the time in on this. You helped me a lot. He shrugs. Just trying to do right by uh, another wayward soul. Oh, I ain't lost. I'm a lot of things, Dom, but I ain't lost. I know what I'm doing. I'll tell you where to go. Winslow, how do you plan your assault? So I would imagine that Winslow has... uh, 
a few underground connections of his own and uh, would probably know how to get his hands on at least some low-grade explosives. And uh, he would most definitely buy some before uh, this encounter here, which um, hunting gang members doesn't necessarily pay a lot. So I would imagine that uh, in his obsession, uh, he sold his grand aunt's home and has been living wherever he can hang his coat and just been using the money to fund his journey. And you've still got just enough left for a few sticks of dynamite. And he will buy as many as he can con them out of. Okay. Winslow, it's the day. The time has come. Your five-year journey is almost at an end. How does the longest night of your life begin? In the worst way, which is quietly and uneventfully, as he waits for the time to strike. He will make his way into the uh, nearby neighborhood in Industrial Park pretty early and find a spot to sort of post up and keep an eye on the changing of shifts, etc., outside the warehouse. And uh, he will then wait until nightfall and one of the uh, shift changes to uh, attempt to make his way in to this place or decide on the fly what he's going to do. He's got somewhat of a plan, uh, but he knows how quickly those go sideways. Right. This warehouse here at the edge of the industrial park is also at the edge of the coastline, which here rises up from the sandy beaches of downtown towards a more craggy cliff face. The warehouse is a short distance away, and above it, uphill in the distance, as night comes upon Summit City, you see the rhythmic flashing of the lighthouse spinning. Winslow, as you stand there, crouched in the alley, you see the two guards stationed at the entrance to this building turn, and two other guards come out, and they trade spots, and the first pair heads further in. With his eyes on those two in front of him and seeing the two that just walked in and tracking their pace, he's then going to take a deep, long breath and focus in, hone the static in his ear, and close his eyes as he uses primeval awareness to extend his consciousness outward mm-hmm. and figure out how many are inside. Okay. So... As you've honed this ability with the static, you found that you can use it to almost echolocate people around you. And as you've practiced this, your range has expanded exponentially. I think it's something like five miles at it's this huge. level. Yeah. Yeah. The trick here is honing in on a specific area. So just for flavor, if you can give me a wisdom check. Okay. Uh, straight wisdom which is the same as my saving throw, so I don't know why I said that. Uh, It's going to be a 13. A 13. Okay. You've been practicing. Sometimes when you do this, Winslow, there is uh, a feeling of of feedback or the static is too blurred for you to notice and it takes you longer to focus in. But this is one of your better tries. 
as you focus and feel the static wash out around you, you catch the figures in this warehouse. You feel the two guards in this front doorway. You detect the two guards who are walking further in through a lobby and they pass doors and and head into a series of hallways that lead into a larger chamber, the warehouse proper, where you feel there are 10 folks who, from your awareness, don't seem to be armored. They don't seem to be, you know, they're just moving things around inside, okay? Okay. Above the warehouse in the back wall, uh, on a second floor that kind of looks out over this main room, are three more individuals. And these are armored and and loaded. Okay. Four armed below, three armed above. That is correct. And ten, ten unarmed workers. In the, in the, that are workers. Okay. And the warehouse itself, uh, is there any external stairwell up to the second floor or is it all internally based? Up to the second floor? Yeah. All internal. All internal. Okay. Winslow is going to work his way over, uh, not trying to, how do I put this? He's trying to be stealthy, but in a way that like, if he were seen, it wouldn't outright look like somebody were trying to creep up, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. trying to stay out of sight while walking casually, if that makes sense. Got it. Okay. And, And I'm going to work my way to try and get to a point where I would be uh, sort of in line with the front of the building, but not quite to the warehouse or next to anybody yet. I'd probably want to be about 15 to 30 feet out from the guards, sort of like in a straight line with the two of them along the face of the building. Along the face of the building, but sort of 20 feet further down? Yeah. Okay. Make a stealth check. This is not a good start. That's a natural one. It's a natural one. Okay. You're walking casually. But as you cross the street towards the building, walking sort of at an angle away past the front door, you catch out of the corner of your eye, both of them clocking you. They see you. You haven't done anything threatening, but they're aware that you are there. Winslow will see them clocking him, and he's going to give a quick nod and angle himself a little more towards them and uh, reach into his pocket for a matchbook to the cherry bomb. Okay. You pull out a matchbook. And uh, I'll walk up. How's it going, fellas? What do you want? Uh, real. God damn it. This place has gone to shit. Look, and he's going to hold up the matchbook and point inside. Look. Jerry asked me to swing by. He's got a job for me. Needs me to take a quick stop in, take a look around. Okay. Here's a question. Is there someone in the jaw named Jerry? I would say yes. Winslow would know that. One of the ones you like haven't killed yet, he, I assume. One of the ones I have not okay. killed. Okay. All right. Okay. Like I I feel like I feel like I would have picked up the name of just like some low-level grunts just like hearing things around and would just be like pointing to one of them that was like walking inside. Okay, then make a then make a deception check. All right. I'm super good at these. 
That's a 17. Okay. All right. Uh, they rolled poorly on insight. So they are going to uh, look at you and look at the matchbook. One of them kind of shrugs at that, um, but says, uh, it's a busy night. Don't be late. And they nod for you to go in. Wouldn't dream of it. Don't want to make the boss man upset. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Winslow will just walk right in. As you walk in, you enter a lobby of this building. Um, you can see it's it's like a maybe a waiting room or a place for people to come in when they're visiting the facility. You can see some chairs against one wall. There's a like a reception desk. There's fluorescent lights up above. But in front of the double doors in front of you, what you had not known about and what your primeval awareness had not picked up on was their guard pet, which is a six-foot-long black drake that is curled up at the front of the door. And as you enter, it lifts its head. This kind of flat, scaly lizard the size of a person with these large claws that's kind of sitting on lifts up its head and its long tongue kind of extends and and flicks towards you. Winslow does not miss a beat. Living out on the border of uh, the wilds growing up, uh, he's used to being around some manner of wildlife here and there and he looks at this thing and because of his primeval awareness uh, uses an action uh, to communicate with this thing and uh, sort of learn its emotional state and determine any actions I can take to persuade it not to attack. Okay. It it seems to not recognize you. It has perceived something about you that is unfamiliar but is uncertain. Okay. Uh, Winslow will uh, kneel down uh, in, in such a way that he's sort of on eye level with it so he's not threatening at all and then he will uh, take out that matchbook and open it and he will scrape his thumbnail against the end of the match a little bit just so you can smell a little bit of that uh, sort of metallic-y smell make an animal handling check with advantage that is a 15 a 15 the drake moves its wide, scaly head almost curiously towards the match box and extends its tongue and kind of flicks around your fingers and, and flicks around the box and looks up at you and your eyes meet for a moment and the drake settles back down into its arms. Winslow gives it a nod. Good boy. And he slowly stands up and he's going to walk down the hallway. Okay. You walk past the drake and enter this long hallway, and you see the two guards who have just been relieved from duty at the far end. They are about to turn around a corner. Perfect. Uh, Do I see any other guards uh, up above? Like, is there anybody watching right now? Make a perception check. Natural 20. Natural 20, okay. For a 24. Okay. You see this hallway that you're in has uh, rows of pillars that have been sort of set up with uh, 
partial frames to this large warehouse room. So it's not a true hallway. You still have line of sight. So you see those two guards at the end that are turning around towards the main warehouse room. And you can see through this grate that's set up, the office up above, where you see uh, two kind of normal jaw goons that you've gotten used to at this point. Uh, One seems to be human. Uh, The other seems to be a shorter, a dwarven man. Uh, Those two are talking with uh, someone standing behind a desk. And this person is bright. Uh, They are a copper dragonborn with a heavy vest on. And they have a a utility belt around their waist. And their scales are shined to a gleam as they throw their head back and let out a a loud... laugh up above and you see them toss back a a drink as the three of them are talking none of them have noticed you none of them seem to be looking down at the moment the workers uh, you see ten workers on this ground floor in the warehouse through the grate they are moving these large boxes uh, between the tables loading them up and then passing them around uh, trying to organize this warehouse Um, none of them are paying attention to you though they are focused on the boxes. Winslow then is... Oh, this is terrible. I'm going to kill innocent people. Winslow, as you stand there pondering your next steps, make a wisdom saving throw. That's not great. 18. 18. That dragonborn, they were the one you saw at the door. Of all the people who came into your house that day, they're the only one whose face you saw. The static just builds into a riotous din in Winslow's ear and as he had been looking about trying to plan his next move suddenly everything becomes clear and he begins to move deliberately and decisively what do you do the first thing he does is he lights so I'm imagining they're like slightly longer fuse things of sticks of dynamite like they're not like they're gonna they're not gonna blow up in a turn. Sure, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Winslow takes out the first stick of dynamite, takes one of the matches, strikes it, lights it, and props it up in the doorway that he just walked out of. It hisses, and you see the Drake kind of lift its head and look at you, curious. And then he will then stride out confidently onto the floor not he's not going to attempt to hide he's not going to uh attempt to look suspicious because he's just going to move through this group of workers who have seen various threatening figures i'm sure he's just going to step out into them okay you you are doing that you're stepping out you are you holding more dynamite no okay. uh he's he's got it uh the other one's inside his jacket okay uh, you start stepping out among the workers. Um, no, they, they don't seem to be paying you any attention. He's going to walk very purposely forward uh, to sort of like the larger mass of boxes and, and crates in the center. And he's going to look like he's taking, he's going to sort of wave a finger as if like up as if he's counting through things. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any of the breaker that is like, reachable right now uh you are surrounded by boxes of this stuff yeah any of them you could just sort of you know pop open and 
And there it is. He's going to pop one open as if he's inspecting it. You see uh, bags of uh, little round red spheres, kind of shiny in color. And he's going to shake his head almost admonishingly and then sort of bend down some so that way the crate can rest on his shoulder a little bit, the lid. And he's going to reach in and grab one of these bags and promptly deposit in its place another stick of dynamite. Okay. You close the box. And then just walks up the steps towards the second floor. As you are walking up the steps, the guards who had been further around the hallway are entering the warehouse. Uh, One of them shouts, Hey! 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 As the other guards looking around and you see through the glass looking out over the warehouse here, you see those three armored men turn and you see the dragonborn with the empty scotch glass as kind of cock their head and the other two draw their guns. And I cast Hunter's Mark on the dragonborn and then light my final stick of dynamite drop it onto the steps behind me and run the rest of the way up the steps. Okay. All right. So timing wise, your plan is for the dynamite to go off when you get into this office, right? Yep. Pretty much like as, uh, is it just, is it the steps straight into the office or is it like steps to an, uh, landing and then the office is like halfway down the landing steps right into the office right into the office Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just running for the office okay okay and that would be my goal then is that that first one go off as i'm like about to reach it Mm -hmm. the second one a few seconds later and then the third a few more seconds later okay oh damn i didn't think it would you're doing this very brash okay all right make a i don't know athletics check okay you're running you're sprinting yeah and I'm going to make, a, I don't know, wisdom, ins- like reaction checks to see if everyone's quick enough to like put everything together as you, you, you've kind of secretly hidden this dynamite, placing it around as you pull out this last stick of dynamite and light it and throw it on the stairs as you rush forward. The first guard who saw you on the ground is going to try and shoot. That's a critical failure. And then the two guards up top are going to see the dynamite standing next to the copper dragonborn they're going to shoot through the glass okay the first one gets a 21 to hit that's a hit that's 13 points of piercing damage okay that's reduced to 11 they ruled almost max damage on that second guard is going to also shoot that is a 14 to hit That is a miss. Okay. The other shot goes wide as one shot comes in and clips you on the shoulder as you reach the top of the stairs. Sorry, Max, that would actually be a dexterity saving throw because you're trying to get away from this dynamite. Okay. Yeah. Shoot me. It's a critical failure. That's a critical failure. Oh, man. So you throw the dynamite down and it explodes behind you as you're leaping forward. So that is going to be 3d6 bludgeoning damage. That's only another 10. Well, we'll we'll set this out for you. The building fucking explodes. Yeah. As I mean, you that's true. As you leap forward and throw the dynamite behind you, you hear a and then another 
close behind you and then a third immediately behind you that blasts you forward, throws you through the door into this office as you slam across the far wall and let's say, hey, you fall on another desk. Hey, mine as well. Right. Take a desk with me. As you Hunter's sl- mark is still up. I passed my concentration save. Okay, okay. You slam down onto the desk and as you, as you kind of blink and turn, you see... I got to make the deck saves for everybody else. Hold on. That 20 on the Copper Dragonborn. Jesus. That's a failure. And that's a success. As the windows blast outward, shards of glass flying as the flames lick up from the warehouse uh, explosion and, and blast into these two guards. You see both of them go flying backwards as well as this Copper Dragonborn quickly crouches down. The human slams into the back wall next to you and slides to the ground. Uh, they look extremely damaged by this. Uh, the dwarven guard on the other side kind of braces himself before he hits the wall and seems a bit more well put together. While the copper dragonborn is is crouched down before you and, and turns to you eyes wide as you stand there on the desk. What the fuck? And I need you to roll for initiative. Natural 20 for 23. There you go. I needed it for damage, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Winslow, as you pick yourself up from the desk and look around this scene, you see the Copper Dragonborn in front of you about 20 feet, uh, looking incredulous your direction. The human guard has slammed into the wall on your left and looks extremely injured. The dwarven guard... Uh, is similarly on the right, less injured. The warehouse is ablaze before you, and you're up an initiative. Winslow's going to use this uh, moment of sheer surprise to lock eyes with the dragonborn. Zilla? Oh, I waited a hell of a long time for this. I'm honored. As am I about to be killed by the last hair standing and i'm gonna line up my shot mm-hmm. for an 18 18 meets oh dear god and you see winslow's eyes just focused staring and there's almost a crackle of static in the whites as you can then see the static in the barrel of the 38 revolver it's spinning up in the drum, and then he just fires out a shot for 18 points of force damage. 18 points of force damage. Okay. And then for movement, is there any cover in this room that I can get to? The windows are exploded. There are pictures on the walls on either side. You could maybe duck down behind the desk that you've fallen upon. Yeah, I'll try and duck down behind the desk. Okay, you push this heavy chair out of the way. It it tumbles to the ground as you crouch down beneath. And that's all I can do on my turn. That's a move, that's an action, that's a bonus action. Okay, all right. Next up is Zilla. Incredible! This is so fucking frustrating! And he will pull out his gun and start shooting at the desk. Fair enough. There's a 16 to hit. Uh, what kind of cover do I get from the desk? Quite a bit. Uh, from this angle, probably a plus five. Okay, then that misses. Okay. And that is a 12 to hit. That's a miss. Okay, fires poof, poof, 
two shots into the desk. Oh, my goodness. As he makes that shot, he then winces in pain as he takes six points of damage from my hunter's mark being placed upon him uh, earlier oh. as he feels my murderous intent leech into that uh, bullet wound. Okay, all right. Uh, so he fires two shots and... Oh, fuck! Ah! As he feels that extra damage sink in. Next up, the human is going to kind of just groan and look at you from the side and, and quickly reach for their gun. And they're going to shoot. Uh, that is an 11. That's a miss. Their shot goes wide. Come on, come on. Uh, and that's a four, some nine. Okay, that's also a miss. Okay, so with the chaos of everything, shots are going wild. Uh, parts of the desk are exploding around you. You feel the, the wood chips uh, scattering over your head. It's a gunfight, man. Winslow, you're up. Winslow just... Okay, okay, okay. And he is going to pull out a speed loader for his revolver off his belt. And he's going to hold it in one hand while bringing the revolver up in the other. And he's going to use his forearm to fan the hammer out of this group of enemies, knock the drum out, slam the speed reloader in, and continue to fan fire without missing a beat to lay down suppressing fire, expending 10 rounds of ammunition, which means the three of them need to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. That is a three from Zilla, a 10, and an 11. They all failed the 18 needed because of all of the rounds of ammunition that I spent. Okay. And they are all afraid of me. No fucking way. Until the end of my next turn. All right. And I will uh, then duck back down again. And this time, Winslow is going to lean his back up against the desk and take a deep breath, close his eyes, and pop a capsule of Breaker into his mouth. Okay. And bite down. Okay. All right. You feel a rush of energy beating hard and, and red and hot in your head as you, you feel the burst of fire from this module that, that breaks and you feel this, this wave of heat follow your breath into your lungs and throughout your body in an instant. And you are once again under the effects of Breaker. Okay. So it's Zilla's turn and this is how being frightened will resolve. Are you ducking down behind the desk at the end of your turn? Um, I'm staying pretty low, yeah. So, like before, they would know, like, see enough of me to take shots at me, but mm -hmm. I'm using the desk to stay low. Got it, okay. Uh, so you can't see Zilla when you duck back down. You don't know what they're doing. Okay. You can see, uh, sort of around the desk, you can see the human is going to pick themselves up to their feet and back up against the wall, kind of crouching down and hand-shaking, shoot towards you at the desk. Okay. There we go. That's a 19 to hit. With disadvantage? With disadvantage. That's a 14 to hit. That's a miss. Okay. Hand-shaking too much, as the Dwarven Guard will have a similar situation. With disadvantage, that is an 18 to hit. Um, with the desk, that misses. Okay. All right. Both miss. Both shots fire into the desk. And it is your turn once again. Winslow will 
spin the drum of the revolver up and he's going to stand, turn, and just fire straight at the uh, human that took a shot on the really wounded one. Okay. Roll to hit. Natural 20. Yeah. How do you want to do this? Oh my god, I wish I had landed this against Zilla. This damage, that's 45 points of damage. They had one health left. Oh, I'm no, so I sorry, man. Burned it on him. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so how do you describe this total utter destruction? Everything is just slow. And Winslow spins up and the static is even crackling slower. It's just individual pops as he stands up and casually takes aim and places a static round directly between the human's eyes. And while he's standing there, he just drops the last cartridge out of the drum with revolver, slams another speed loader in, and ducks back down below the table. That guard is gone. As the warehouse behind you, you see the roof begin to buckle and break as the building structure itself is losing integrity. And you can see through the window, the building begin to creak and twist uh, towards, would be your, your right down towards what you know is the the coast and the water. Okay. In that moment when you finished your shot and were spinning around towards the desk, you noticed there was red saliva running down Zilla's chin. And you hear footsteps as Zilla rushes forward, leaps over the desk, and crouches down next to you, murderous intent in their eyes as they extend their hands and go to choke you. Well, that's a 10. That'll be a miss. And that's a seven. Wow. Yeah, those are misses. You see the wound of the the flame and the explosion. You see shards of glass sticking out of their arm. You see the the red bubbling saliva running down their chin and their, their eyes lighting up as they are reaching forward to grab at you and, and hold you in place but you are able to slide and force your hand in there and push them out of the way to one side of the desk as you adjust yourself to the other side and they slam their elbow down on the ground and spin around to face you. A shot comes from the other side of the room as the dwarf has maneuvered themselves around and fuck me, that's a seven. Wow. So it is your turn again. They are rolling like crap, Max. I'm not joking. It's been like two, three, five. Ooh, I needed it because that was me at the start. So yep. I'm happy that we traded off. Yep. Uh, Winslow is going to uh, clock the uh, guard that's rotating around on him. And he's going to use that to then cycle around uh, Zilla to create like a straight line with Zilla in the middle uh, to break the line of sight with the guard. Okay. And... Winslow then, Zillow's just point blank trying to grab at him, is just going to jam the revolver up at Zilla, and you see the drum spin up again as he charges a static shot. Okay. And does not have disadvantage at close range because of his gunslinger feet. That, my friend, is another natural 20. You're fucking kidding me. That is another natural 20 from Winslow. Motherfucking Harris. Do it. Do it then. It's going to be 68 on that crit. Jesus. First 12. That is 34 points of force damage. When you create a villain, when you create a bad guy, you, you have hopes for you know the way they might 
torment the hero. Plus uh, six points from the hunter's mark. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be 40 all around. 40 all around. Okay. As you spin yourself around this copper dragonborn, you level your revolver and you fire. And because you maneuvered yourself so, I will give this to you. The shot passes right through them and into the dwarven guard and both collapse to the ground. And Winslow immediately kneels down over Zilla. He's panting these heavy breaths. You can see that there's drips of red saliva beating at the corners of his mouth and starting to drip down onto Zilla as he hauls him up by the edges of his vest. And he's going to look down into the dragonborn's eyes. Now I'm the last thing you saw. Winslow, in this moment, feeling the heat, the, the energy from this drug coursing through your body, holding the body of this, this dragonborn, looking into its face, seeing its dead eyes, the static in your ears builds to a crescendo, and for a moment you lose yourself in this feeling. Colors swim across your eyes as you stare into the target of your obsession, the one who ruined everything, the one who took your family before you. You see specks of green, of black, of, of gold, and then it all passes to a brilliant, brilliant white light, searing your eyes as your vision swims. And Winslow, in this transcendental moment, feeling your purpose, your mission, resolved. The whites become grays, scattered static now stretching, forming shapes that slowly fill with color once again. And in the heat of this moment, you recognize these shapes. They're calm and they're familiar in the flickering colored light. And you hear a familiar voice pass behind you. Don't sit so close to the screen, Winslow. You'll give yourself a headache. Winslow, you are 11 years old, sitting cross-legged on the ground in front of your family's cathode ray tube television. What are you watching tonight? Oh, uh, cartoons, of course. Uh, there's uh, various anthropomorphic animals are attempting to bludgeon each other. What would, one would think to death, but honestly, just till they get flattened and spring back up again. Right. You see, you see a cartoon mouse uh, hold up a large gun and shoot, but a flag pops out that says bang. And Winslow just laughs maniacally at how hysterical it is, the fear on the cat's face. You hear, oh, that kid, as your mom, it it was your mom's voice you just heard, after all, finishes walking across the living room to join your father in the dining room where they have papers spread before them on the table. Uh, They are listening to the radio, which they like to do in the night after dinner, Uh, while you have permission to watch some television before bed. Being back in this moment, Winslow, what is it like? It's the first time that Winslow remembers in over 10 years now that he felt like he heard someone clearly, saw them in that moment, and felt at peace. 11-year-old Winslow feels a wave of peace and joy come over him as you watch your cartoon you hear your father say something in the other room and your mother laughs and it's this wonderful clear sound that rings in your head 
then there's a knock at the door. And the joy begins to seep away. It didn't at the time, but it does now, as the dread comes to take its place. You feel this pit in your gut, 11-year-old Winslow, as you turn to look across the room at, at the door, and there's another knock. And Winslow stands up and looks to his parents, and he starts to shake his head and tries to call out to them to tell them not to go. And your mom laughs again and picks herself back up out of the chair and gives your dad a kiss on the cheek as she walks past you. She pats you on the head as you stand there shivering, and she opens the door, and there is a flash, and your mom is falling to the ground, and in the doorway is a tall man in a trench coat with pale coppery scales and a brimmed hat and a pistol in his hand. Hello. May we come in? He takes a deep breath and exhales and you see a wave of green acid spit across the room towards you and you feel your skin burning. Winslow screams and tries to uh, scramble towards his mother. You start scrambling across the ground on all fours as these men enter the house. Bulky men in trench coats with brimmed hats. You see one of these men has fur poking out uh, underneath their sleeve. You catch a glimpse of another man. Uh, You see his elven ears and just a hint of eyes underneath the brim. As they move past you, one man kicks you, and you go flying across the room towards the couch that you you slam into and, and fall into a slump. As the men enter your house and your father runs out from the dining room, shouting. Winslow is going to pick himself up, and he's going to run up behind one of these men and just try and punch at their legs and back. You punch and and rip and kick at them as the others are, are talking with your dad who is screaming. He's shouting at them to leave. This man in the back turns and you your hand tears and you feel something pull and this man turns and, and picks you up and throws you towards the television. And in that moment, Winslow, you hear a voice. Stay down, kid. As your head slams into the television and your vision goes spinning. Specks of light floating before your eyes, your head pounding, feeling something wet dripping down your face as you see another shock of light and your father falls to the ground. You don't hear it and you don't hear the men as they continue to talk. The sound of crackling is filling your ears as your world is overcome by static and overwhelmed. Head in the television, you lay there unmoving, eyes open on the edge of death, 
your body a distant thing, growing fainter still as you get snapshots of the room, the men standing before you, leaving your mother's body on the ground, fainter and fainter as images of static swarm in, pressing at the edges of your vision, and then you see shadows, the static taking shape. You see animals dancing. You see weapons floating before your vision. You see a gun, and a flag comes out and says, bang. And one of these shadows rises above the rest, taking the shape of a man, golden light shining down from above in bright eyes, and you feel a hand on your wrist, and the light returns, this brilliant, brilliant white light, every sense on your body tingling with infinitely sharp pain and explosion of light and color and sound until, in a wave, true darkness takes you. You wake up sometime later, Winslow. You are drenched in sweat, and as you open your eyes, the colors of the room swirl slightly before settling, and you see that you are laying in a small bedroom. Your, your limbs are tingling and your ears are ringing. What do you do? Winslow will lift a hand up to his head, and he shakes it from side to side to try and make the buzzing stop, but it just makes his head pound and throb more, and he'll look down at the the blankets on him and I'm assuming he sees the black and green and gold you do and as you come to this awareness you look up and see sitting in the corner on a small wooden chair an elderly woman who who sits up noticing that you're awake and rushes to your bed to take your hand where, 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 um, where, where, where are, where, where are they? This woman squeezes your hand and, and runs her other hand along your arm, but all you feel is static, Winslow, and as she opens her mouth to speak, all you hear is static everywhere. Everywhere. No, 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 please make it stop. Please make it stop. Winslow, you come to, resting on the ground in the office above the burning warehouse, cradling the body of the copper dragonborn in your arms, feeling that pulsing red energy and hearing static all around you. I got you. You're not taking me to. And I will stumble my way over to the window. You stand at the window. The heat of the warehouse behind you. Hearing now in the static pieces of building collapsing. The crunch of stone and concrete and additional explosions. As the building collapses. And you feel a shift behind you. As the entire structure leans even further towards this cliff. I'm not. I'm not going to let him beat me. And I'm going to reach up and place a hand on my chest and focus in on that static as I cast Cure Wounds on myself. For only four points of health. 
Okay, every little bit counts. But every little bit counts. Um, that puts me in not a terrible spot. How high up am I? 20 feet. I'll jump out. Make an acrobatics check. That's a modded 20. You take five points of bludgeoning damage as you rush forward and break this glass window and feel your weightless self slam into the ground as gravity comes back and you feel your bones ache and crack beneath you. And behind you, the warehouse crumbles in on itself and slides towards the edge of the cliff. And Winslow will stand there in the night and bask in the flames. One month later, Winslow, after finding your way to a safe spot to recover from the effects of Breaker, we join you as you sit at your usual table at the Cherry Bomb, waiting for an update from Dom. And you see him enter, shuffling, trench coat tattered, his hair long and matted. He walks up to the bar and gets a drink. As he approaches the table, he stops a few feet away and looks at you. Winslow will just give him a slight nod and a little bit of a smirk. I guess I die today. Unless you got some good information for me. Dom shakes his head, starts drinking. Well, shame. Then that one's on me. Let's have a little uh, post-episode epilogue here uh, yeah. just to you know, catch Winslow up. So after, after finishing off the jaw, how does he become the Winslow we know from the main campaign? How does he become the Winslow we meet in episode one? So part of the reason Winslow is as old as he is is because he needed a lot of distance from this experience before he could be anybody or the Winslow that we know and hopefully love. Um, He realized that in his single-minded focus, he didn't really pick up many additional skills outside of hunting and tracking people. And he had cleaned up his loose ends. He was confident he hadn't left any evidence behind. And he wasn't going to try his luck with that anymore because that's just not smart to do. And he didn't want it all to come apart and have been for nothing. Because in his mind's eye, if he died even remotely related to the entire situation, then that means Zillow won. And so he used those skills then to... Uh, probably for some unscrupulous folks at first, start finding people 
and then slowly transition that into a somewhat legitimate uh, private eye business, which is what he would have been doing and recovering after a long day from the night that he went to the long pause. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Thanks, Max. Thank you. I'm really glad that we got to revisit Winslow. I miss him. I miss him too. He is one of my favorite characters that I have made or played. So it is, uh, it's good to come back to him and, uh, kind of fun to see him from a different perspective, uh, because of a new character who can't keep his nose out of where it doesn't belong. (laughs) So kind of a fun, circuitous way to get back around to this whole thing. Sure. Give a little greater context. Yeah. So we will see how everyone else reacts to learning about this part of Winslow's life when the next episode comes out. In two weeks, like and subscribe and follow us on social media and swipe up for more content from <laughs> True, True Meta Inc. and all our, our fun friends. Most episodes, if this is, oh my gosh, if this is your first episode, who, um, I promise I play a really friendly guy now. He's friendly. Yeah. He's friendly and super nice. And unfortunately, the reality of it is well-adjusted people don't hunt monsters for a living. Unless they have a really good reason. Unless they have a Mm. really, really good reason. I'm trying to think of any single person who hunts monsters who is actually well-adjusted. I can't think of any. Uh, I mean, Buffy started out that way. Sure, but then she got renewed for additional seasons. Yep, that's pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah, Yeah, all content should really just stop when it's, you know, good and not keep going. Yeah, well... Join us next time for Hunt 5. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all later. It's all about rolling dice, baby.